Welcome to Across the Line. On this episode, we talk about Ceres Negros' spectacular run in the preliminary round of the AFC Champions League. Not only has it been very impressive, but the impact on the game here in the country could be huge, especially in the coming years, where the Philippines is now going to be experiencing Champions League football on a regular basis. Chris and I talk about all of this on this episode, and we hope you enjoy it. Please do subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, and on Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to rate and subscribe, and to follow us on our social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. So now, Champions League football, it's the highest level of club football on the Asian stage, and uh, Cetus Negros are knocking on the door. They're letting everybody know that we're ready to make the jump now from the AFC Cup into the Champions League. It's been an amazing run here in 2020. I think after last year, when they beat Brisbane Raw, yeah. um, played against Tianjin with the likes of Axel Witzel, Alexander Pato, yeah. you know, I was like, this is like once in a life. It's never going to happen again. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, this, this run is just ridiculous and mm. fair play to them. Amazing achievement. Um, you know, this year with, I think, two or three days training, preparation, mm, mm. go into the game against Shan United. Handily beat them. Handily beat them. Did, uh, did what they had to do against a decent Myanmar side. Yeah. We all thought that the Thai Port game was going to be the one where... Look, it's a formality. It's a formality, really. Yeah. You know, they've been in training. I know they've, they've invested heavily Thai Port, um, obviously with some familiar faces. Yeah. Martin Stoyle would be in there. They've got a great setup, lovely mm. stadium. Um, bought in the big Brazilian uh, forward for, by all accounts, you know, big money. Yeah. Um, yeah, and just the, the odds were stacked against them. I mean, even in the press conferences, you heard um, uh, Coach Risto, uh, Shrocky talking about how, look, we're just here, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll give a good account of ourselves, what, 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 you know, with little preparation, with the amount of time we've had to... Um, between the, even between the games, mm. it's it's just up to us to come here and and, and give a good account of ourselves. Yeah. And lo and behold, you know, eke out a, a one nil win, and now we find ourselves one game away. Yeah. From the biggest stage in, in Asian, Asian football for the second time in two years. So, yeah. um, you know, an, an incredible achievement in in and of itself. Um, by the time this podcast will go out, the result of the game will will, will be. Um, will be in but yeah, I think just to celebrate where they've got to it at, at this point in time um, just to get to that game again unbelievable, unbelievable. If, if, if it comes out and they've and they've beaten FC Tokyo and they're in the draw yeah. amazing um, you know we're, we're probably making the assumption that that's going to be a, a, the game too far given that they up against the second best team in, in the J League yeah there you go that's the context there they finished second in the J League so that's a ridiculously talented and, and well-drilled side and, you know, expected to compete against the very best. So if Ceres Negros even comes close to FC Tokyo, then that really speaks a yeah. lot of the level that they're reaching. And at prior to the tie game was eight days of preparation, eight days into their preseason, yeah. right? I mean, people are going to think, why didn't they prepare more for this? But, I mean, the last game of the season was played in December, I believe, or late yeah. November, something like this, right? Yeah. So they, they, the players need rest. It's been a very, very long campaign. And if you're the likes of Stefan Schrock, then there was no end of the season. Nope. You played in the Sea Games. You had a couple of weeks to spend time with your family. And then you're back in. So, you know, it's it's been an arduous road for a lot of these guys. And uh, it's amazing what they're being able to, to accomplish, right? I mean, 
I went to the Shan United game. Mm-hmm. They won three two in that one, but yeah. I say they won handily because they were up. Oh, yeah. Um, quite a large amount. I think three goals. Three nil. Yeah. Three nil up. Yeah. Prior to Shan, uh, you know, uh, coming back a little bit. It wasn't yeah. really like a a, a real late comeback. Goal. Yeah, yeah, late yeah. comeback. Yeah. To see them, how well drilled they are. They kind of picked up where they left off. You know, um, it's kind of shocking to see how crisp their passing still was. How everything was well drilled uh, you know they ran out of gas at the end which was to be expected Normal. yeah right but man Risto has done something special with Ceres over the last three years they've just gotten better and better with the ins and outs of so many players they've still continued to improve not just keep the same level but they're improving which is really it's it's difficult for me to explain and I think the, the other factor that really is when you consider how tumultuous their year was last year mm, with mm. all the uh, behind the scenes managerial issues, right, back, right. You know, boardroom issues, um, a mass exodus. Yep. You know, post AFC campaign, you know, a bunch of the fulcrums of that team left. Yep. You know, your likes of Ingresso, your likes of um, Nazari, mm-hmm. uh, um, Manny. Manny Ott. Yeah. Right? Uh, Ingresso. All, all these guys have all, all left, and you think, who are you going to replace them with? Yeah. Who are you going to replace them with? I think they were very shrewd in the transfer market. Very good. I mean, picking up Mendy, mm-hmm. absolute. That was fortuitous. Fortuitous. But they got a great, great pickup. In that. Great pickup. Takashi? Uh, Odawara, great Ooh, pickup. What a player. I'm a huge fan of that guy. What a pickup. And if anything, I think what, what, what they've got in there is players with, with know-how, yeah. with experience, um, who have gone in there, slotted in seamlessly. Mm-hmm. And, and exactly what you said, it doesn't really seem like they've skipped a beat, yeah. which is surprising when you have that kind of turnover in, in, in personnel. And I think whether it was shrewd or whether it was just simply, like you said, fortuitous, because yeah. th- that was all that they could pick up at the time. Mm. But not only the one that they could fool, they're good people. Sure. you know, So they're going to fit into that group without any issues, without any worries. It's not like you're bringing in someone from Europe who doesn't know the, the ins and outs and yeah, intricacies yeah. And, and issues that come with moving and, and living in the Philippines. These guys are here. Yeah. Uh, or, or they've been here. And they, they know all the ins and outs. So they can just hit the ground running. Exactly. And that's exactly what they did on the march to win in the double again last year. And have to mention individuals like Sean Kane, who were on the periphery of that squad. Yeah. But... With the departure of people like Martin Stoibler out of that squad, they've just slotted in yeah. and they've performed to not only the AFC Cup level, but now they're at Champions League level. Yeah. And then they're like, this is my home now. This is the level that I play. It's like, that's very impressive yeah. that they've been able to do that. OJ Porteria as well yeah. stepped up his game. So it's 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 really nice to see that um, the level of ambition that Ceres has is um, starting to show that they are at par with that level of ambition. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the, the quality that they're showing is at par with this grand dream that their owner has that, hey, maybe we'll play it in the Champions League. You know, maybe in, in the back room, people are snickering a little bit like Champions League. Come on, man. We're a Filipino club. Like that's not going to happen. But damn, they're making it seem like it's, this should be the level that we should be all aspiring to. One thing that's really interesting about what you said there when they were Division Two, yeah, they picked up Reichel and Carly uh, Demoga. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? Do you remember that? And mm-hmm. they, they picked up, and I was like, from from Global. From I think Reichel had already been in Thailand for a or, year at that point. Oh, okay. I think right. he'd been in Th- Thailand or, or something, and then he came, Malaysia or something Malaysia, like that. Yeah, came back. And I remember him 
saying, this is for the money, right? Coming back for the money. And he was mm. like, oh, the money's good. But he said, the owner wants to, he's going big. Yeah, yeah. He's going big. He said, he wants us to be the best team in Southeast Asia. Mm. I remember saying to him, I was like, you've got JDT. You've got all these teams from Thailand. Mm. You've got top clubs in Indonesia. I said, like, mate, we're in the Philippines. Come yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. just not possible. Yeah. It's just not possible. And then just sort of year on year, you know, all of a sudden they would bring in, you know, one or two sort of marquee signings that really said, like, this is our intention. You know, they brought in Juani. They mm. brought in Juani was a, was a big one. They brought in Stoible. Brought in Shrocky. Brought in Roland Muller. Mm. You know, and I was like, yeah, like they're serious. And not just like to win the title here. They're serious to compete. And at the next level. Yeah. At the next level. Because even, I remember the year when they went and they beat JDT. I think it was, in, was it the second year in uh, AFC. The second year in AFC that was, I, th I, I think believe. At 2017, it might have been something like that. 17 or yeah. 18, yeah. And, and I was like, they're as good as them. Yeah. This was the year after they smacked us yeah. uh, in, in the knockout rounds of the AFC Cup. I was like, they're on that level. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to be fair, that JDT team that beat us was was super strong. They just won AFC Cup. Yeah. That team was really strong the following year and they, they were in a little bit of decline by that stage. But it was certainly like, right, we're we're surpassing you now as one of the top two or three teams in, in Southeast Asia. Yeah. Which I think is where they're at right now. Mm. Um and now just I mean I saw the highlights of the Thai Port game. I didn't watch it live, but I saw the highlights. And don't get me wrong, it was it was hairy at times. Yeah, you know, they yeah. rode their luck at times. But you know, they had chances too. You know, they 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 the goal from Shrocky that was a goal off the was it a free kick or a corner? Yeah. I mean, so that's the second time he's done that, though. You said it was uh, a fluke in the Southeast Asian Games. Now he's done it twice. I think he's just trying to spite you, Chris. Well, maybe so. there's goalkeepers out there that need to really up their game. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, it seems like it's it's. He it's, sliced the delivery goalwards instead of into the box. He's right? got a bit of fade on there that yeah. sort of hooked its way. Yeah, I mean, the goalie should save it, but you know. They had other chances in the game. Yeah. It, it was a wide open game. Yeah. Right. It was wide open. Any team could have won that. And yeah, they rode their luck, but they're in the pot now. They're in the pot for the for the final draw. It's so crazy. final round. So, you know, you, you, and, and that's um so Typort qualified through winning the cup. Winning the cup or coming second in the cup. Um I forget which one it was now. Um but they were a legitimate T one team. Yeah. Like legit T one yeah. team. Um, so for them on little preparation and for them with a short turnaround to, no. to go into their own backyard and beat them. It's incredible. Again, you must be <laughs> saying to, to a lot of Thai clubs who have been pillaging our league for, for players, they must be saying again, look, this is, we're, we're, we're up there. We're up there with that, mm. though, that, that caliber of team. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, it sounds ridiculous, but maybe that is where they see themselves. Maybe they do see themselves playing in, in the AFC Champions League, which is not something that four or five years ago, you'd be like, yeah, Philippine club team will be playing in the Champions League. Yeah. You know, and we're talking about against teams from, you know, the likes of China who are pumping in millions, mm. millions of, mm. of, of dollars. 
Japan, South Korea, but they're going to be rubbing shoulders with these teams. Yep, on a regular basis on now. On a regular basis now. And and for those who are unfamiliar, right? You know, um, a lot of people might be familiar with the UEFA Champions League. It's it's very similar. There's a UEFA Cup, right, or the, the Europa, Europa League, League now. Yeah. Um, AFC Cup was considered the highest level for Philippine football. That that was considered yeah. the pinnacle, right? Which is essentially the Europa League, right? That's yeah. where we were for developing countries. That was the highest you could go. And you would have to jump through three hoops in order to be even considered for the group stage of the Champions League. Mm -hmm. So you have to win three games, all of which would be played in quick turnaround matches where you would have to travel. In the case of um, uh, Ceres was from the Philippines to Thailand all the way to Tokyo. Like There's very little time for you to get back, get to home base regather your thoughts and, and, and debrief yourself. No, you're going to go. Yeah. You're going to go straight to war. So then that's something that's not going to be needed in the, in the coming years. So there's developments being done in the AFC level where they're trying to expand the Champions League and get more teams involved. So they're trying to get teams from these Southeast Asian countries to become a little bit more... Um, familiar with the Champions League setup, right? Okay. So Thailand has already been integrated and Malaysia in JDT. So they've already been playing Champions League matches. Right. And what they saw was these guys are not getting blown out, yeah. right? They're, they're rubbing shoulders with um, yeah, Hyundai, John Book Motors, yeah. those guys. Yeah. And, and they're doing all right. Yeah. So why don't we open it up to some of the bigger teams as well in Southeast Asia? So next year in 2020, or this year rather, in 2020, if you are the champion of the Philippine League, you are going to get a straight shot into the group stage of the Champions League. Do you want to explain how that came about? Because there's there's a lot of sort of words that when these articles are written, mm -hmm. you know, they talk about coefficient. Yes. You know, teams need to acquire this amount of points in order to... And people were like, whoa, I don't know what that means. So do you want to sort of unpack that a little bit and explain how that kind of works? I'm not going to claim to be an expert at this, but I, I have seen a little bit of the information that yeah. comes around from that, right? So member associations or federations as a whole will receive points for putting together a league, uh, for, ha for having teams that represent um, your league in the a AFC Cup. Yep. If those teams do well in the AFC Cup, then the coefficient rises, right? This is why Ceres Negros is particularly important to the Philippine League yep. because they're pushing on their own, individually, mm -hmm. essentially, yep. the coefficient of the entire Philippine Football Federation Yes, uh, on that stage, right? This is the reason why we are being considered into the Champions League ahead of other leagues that have been put, have been around longer than us, right? I mean, we are higher ranked, I believe, than Singapore, Indonesia. Yeah. Because a lot of these, um, you know, there was a, a bit of turmoil in the Indonesian leagues. Mm -hmm. Their coefficient is not high, yeah. regardless of the amount of culture and history that they have, right? Um, and some of their teams don't do so well. In AFC Cup, yep. right? They might get out of the group stage, but they're not consistently challenging for the title the way Ceres Negros is, yep. right? So um, that has warranted a spot in the Champions League. That's the reason why we were being considered for mm -hmm. that start already. Uh, obviously, JDT and in the Malaysian League um, are already in that region. Um, slight tangent, by the way. JDT just released photos of their new stadium. Outrageous. What are they, like Bayern it's, Munich? It's disgusting. <laughs> it's, it's, it's obscene. It's yeah, unbelievable. It's outrageous, isn't it? Um, but this is, this is the type of level that the Southeast Asian clubs are starting to reach for now. This is the level that they want to be at. They don't want to be okay with playing in half-empty stadiums 
against you know smaller clubs from Cambodia yeah. and 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 you know Myanmar. They want to play against the big boys and. I got to say, it's very exciting. You know, it's very exciting because it opens the door for world-class talent to come to the Philippines. If you have an opportunity to play Champions League football, there's a chance that, you know, all right, I'll play. I'll play in the Philippines. I'll come in. I don't know what... Is it seven player? Is it seven teams? Is it eight teams this year? I don't know, but... I wouldn't oh, mind playing against Tianjin or... That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Right? Guangzhou Evergrande. Yeah. Do I get to play against Andres Iniesta one time you know what I mean okay yes please okay I'll sign right? up for that exactly yeah. so it's exciting times and the thing that this should uh, this should be alarm bells though for all the other teams in the Philippines is that if we don't get our acts together soon we're gonna start getting smashed really really badly and if we're gonna need to to create some sort of parity in the league we gotta up our game uh-huh. and that's the thing that's gonna I don't know if it's a good thing or it's a bad thing at this point in time because if they're going to reach the Champions League level, then their budget's going to be so big. You know what I mean? <laughs> How are we going to compete against a team like that? With a massive war chest. Yeah. And I'm guessing also when you start to get to that level, the money's going to come in from other avenues, right? right. So you get, because you're not going to be on the normal networks, you're going to be on the big TV networks. So you're going right. to get revenue streams from the television. You're going to yeah. get revenues from the gate receipts. Yeah. Right? right. So even the away games, I'm assuming that there's going to be a, a share or a percentage of the of the gate receipt that comes your way. Potentially, yeah. Right. So they're going to have an even bigger war chest mm. in which to assemble another set of superstar players to yeah. perform in this league. I mean, I, I'm looking at it from a slightly different perspective. Like, I think I've said on this show before, like most leagues are monopolies. Yeah. Most leagues are monopolies. You did mention that. Yep. Bayern Munich, Germany, mm-hmm. um, Celtic in Scotland, yep. Real and Barcelona in Spain. Mm-hmm. Um, right now it's Liverpool and Man City. I mean, that's slightly different because money's coming from all angles in, in the Premier League. But um, Juventus in Italy, mm-hmm. uh, Paris Saint-Germain in France. So, you know, it, it, it's, that, that is what it is. And it's up for the other teams, like you said, to, to level up. I'm going to look at it maybe from a slightly different angle, which is, it's going to create a lot of opportunities for the really, really best Filipino players. Yeah. Now, yeah. so let, let's say you, you you perform really well at a Kaya or really well at a Stallions. Mm-hmm. There seems to be a big migration towards the Thai league, so they've got a lot of players there, which is great. So they're getting great contracts. They're mm-hmm. getting paid. There's going to be an opportunity now for Ceres to go out and say, right, okay, no, thank you. We'll quadruple, you know, or even for more, like, yeah, um, yeah. M- multiply your, your, your salary by coming over to us. Yeah. We're going to be playing against the top top teams in, in, in Asia. Do you want to join? Yeah, yeah, great. And then all of a sudden, these players are now going to be rubbing shoulders with, with the best players in, in Asia. Mm-hmm. Or in the example that you gave, some of the best players to ever play the game. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we've seen Mark Hartman's come back. Now, mm-hmm. We've seen uh, Haruka Minagishi has yes. come has come back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, James' young husband has come out of semi-retirement and is now suiting yep. up. So, these guys, you know, hopefully, if it's not going to be this year, hopefully this year, I'd love to see him beat FC Tokyo. But if it's not, then the opportunity, if if it were for Ceres to 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 you know run up the scoreboard and and claim that Champions League spot for yep. 2021, a great opportunity for a lot of real talented homegrown players to go and pit their wits yeah not just in a one-off game yeah but you know in six group games against the best that asia has to offer that's unbelievable 
the six games. That's what it is. You know, it's like you're not gonna play a, a preliminary round knockout match. Winner, this is it, all or nothing. You know, this is like you're gonna get an opportunity to host these people in the Philippines as well, right? So it's 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 like it's a push structurally, organizationally, uh, not just on the quality yeah. of the pitch, but you're going to have to bring these guys here. You know what I mean? That's and one of the things I, I wanted to ask you because again, you're, you, you've been to like these workshops and yeah. you've seen kind of a little bit more of the operational side of things that mm -hmm. needs to be handled. Like where does Ceres and in particular the Philippines, how, how do you think they're going to deal with, you know, that stringent policy box ticking you know, all of those things that they have to adhere to in yeah. order to be AFC accredited or AFC caliber, right? Yeah, that's, that's Champions League Champions caliber. Champions League, sorry, yeah, Champions yeah. League, sorry. Yeah, Champions League caliber. Um, what are some of the criteria that they need to meet that's different perhaps from, from the AFC, AFC stuff? Is there, there, an, there are a few stadium requirements that yeah. they, they, they need to meet. Um, I've never been privy to the Champions League workshop because we've never had an opportunity <laughs> yeah, never, to, to qualify yeah. for that. Um, <clears throat> but from my understanding, a place like Panad, for example, where Ceres has called home for the last you know few years, but right. will not call that home this year um, because Panad's going to undergo renovation, right. right? So Panad wasn't even AFC Cup level prior to them being in the AFC Cup. Right. But Ceres Negros have a way of what do we need? What boxes do we need to take? Yeah. And let's make it happen, right. right? So the seats came in super fast. All of a sudden, they had lights. In fact, the lights were being put on by cranes, if you remember this. Is um, that right? Yeah. Yeah. They, were, they hired cranes to just put up the lights for that one day. You know what I mean? So they have a way of moving things around to make sure that they tick the box and right. make sure that the, the game is still being hosted. But yeah. at this point in time, I think maybe Rizal is the only stadium, maybe the Philippine Sports Arena um, that, we, mm -hmm. that, that you could utilize. Yeah. For Champions League matches, Clark? is that the one that they use for the Sea Games? Would that be an option? Or? Um, it could be, but you know, you'd have to search. It's the that's not something that we have as a country. Yeah, a, a lot of that's not a resource that is readily available. Right. So there are some things that you need to have a look at and possibly have to improve yeah. in order for for us to host Champions League matches. Yeah, but no. imagine that though, like the amount of fun it would be to watch those games. Oof. Amazing, yeah. amazing. Like, again, I, I I like to see it from a perspective of what i hope it will, it will do because a lot of these like in europe for example they have if your team qualifies for the champions league yeah your youth team goes into the european oh. youth equivalent like, okay all right so and what it teaches you is those kids then travel yeah to these countries they learn to play in a competitive environment uh, you know learn to you know, manage your time when you're in the hotel, you know, yeah. boredom, yeah. <laughs> you know, all these sorts, all these, all these things that you wouldn't have to encounter if you're just staying at home, playing, playing in your regular academy. Mm. So, you know, what, I'm, I'm hoping that it, 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 they see it as an opportunity to rejuvenate the organization as a whole, because it'd be great. Imagine if, I don't think they have an equivalent at that level, but I'm sure it's going to move into that space yeah, yeah. sooner rather than later. Nice. For sure. It's, nice. it's definitely. And, and if that's the case, you know, surely they would want to have like a youth team that is indicative of where they are now. Yeah. You know, and aspire to be, I mean, you saw JDT's academy. Mm. You know, you saw their, their dome that yeah. they've got there. Yeah. I mean, that's Premier League level. Yeah. yeah. It's Premier League level. Um, but I'm sure that most other Champions League teams will have that kind of facility. Yeah, you know for sure. Um, 
should should they get their own training ground? Ooh. You know, they they they're renting McKinley Hill, you know, yeah. after Frisbee. You know, or <laughs> you know, or women's, you know, women's or mixed rugby comes on after sure. them on a, on a, for example on some of those sessions, you know, they're getting kicked off of our academy sometimes. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. like, you know, there's there's obviously that that level up process needs to be all encompassing. Yeah. You know, because at, at some point you're going to get found out mm. if you if not all of those things are in place. So and and that's not a negative that's not a slight on them but there's obviously you need to look at things in a broader perspective then because it's only like you said if you're going to be bringing in these players who want to play at that level there comes a point where it's like yeah but getting changed you know out on the street before we go in and train at McKinley you know there's only so it's only so long that you can kind of keep that that facade up there comes a point where everything needs to level up right from, from all aspects so I'm, I'm, I would love to see that. I would love to see that yeah. um, from a from a Filipino club. I think uh, Natasha Alcaraz was talking about how she went f- to see Patrick playing in Thailand. She was like in awe of, mm. oh, it's just so nice mm. about having like a facility that you could go to and they have, you know, an office or they have a gym and it's all on site and, you know, you can watch it from a gantry, you know, yeah. see out and it's, and I'm thinking that's Thailand. But we've just gone there and beat exactly you know Philippine clubs just gone out there and beat a team from there yeah so the product on the pitch is better but it's like the stuff around it that that, mm. that needs to improve and yeah. uh, if anyone's going to do it it's them yeah and and obviously like you said it, it, but while that might create some some issues on a domestic front in terms of what we might have on the pitch mm. I'm hoping it's an opportunity for everyone to try to level up and aspire to to that 100% yeah let's see where it lands yeah but I'd love to see them do that I'd love to see them level up all aspects of the football program. Yeah, I think in terms of a spectator sport as well, I and mean, when you have that level of quality on the pitch, it becomes much more enjoyable. You know, the level of technique that you're, you're going to see that, it, that is going to be on show is next level, man. So I can't wait for that. I can't wait for the opportunity to have Champions League matches here in the Philippines, whether it's Ceres or if it's, you know, if, if Kaya goes We're talking in like there. You're talking like it's a foregone conclusion, no, man, don't I mean, it? But I mean, it's... Obviously, we we're basing basing it off of what they did last year, where they couldn't get touched. They didn't get touched, yeah. in fact. So, you know, if you're basing it off of that, then okay, then it's serious, right? But you know, Kaya working on some things, trying to, you know, it it, it you don't take it lightly when you get smacked like that over the yeah. course of a year. So yeah. I'm sure there's going to be you know some some efforts put in that direction and see if they can topple Serious. But at the end of the day, whoever wins will go to the Champions League, and Champions League football will become more of a staple. In the Philippine uh, football diet, which is amazing, only going to be thought. incredible, but brilliant. Yeah, uh, best of luck over to the Saris Negros team. Aristo Vidakovic, who has made it a spectacular job. You know, like we've we've experienced him from the opposite side of things, uh, being against him and seeing his antics on the sidelines and you know having to deal with that. But when you look at his track record and what he's done with his team and how he's kept them motivated, regardless of all the turmoil around the squad spectacular coaching you have to say it's a spectacular stuff to get this team ready at eight days three days whatever it is incredible yeah so tip, tip your hat off to, to, to Risto because that's a very difficult task yeah. for any coach and speaking to players about one of the strengths of of him as a as a as a manager mm. he's great at man managing players that's what I heard that's the the, the sort of overriding yeah um consensus from players that I speak to because players all talk and, yeah, yeah. you know that mm. seems to be the thing with him it, 
again, I think I spoke about it on a previous podcast. It's, it's, he's, he's obviously got great tactical knowledge. He's got a way in which he likes to play. He's, he played at a very, very high level. Yeah. Um, so at some point, that's that needs to be acknowledged because they do play good football as well. That's right. But I think what gets them to not just compete, but to beat teams like a tight port, to keep them hungry, to keep consistently churning out result after result, even though you're against an opponent who, yep, yeah, you should be handily beating them 4-5-0, but then you have to go out and do it and to keep mm. those guys motivated. Yeah. You know, I think that speaks volumes for his for his man management style yeah. um, and his ability to keep the, the, the players on their toes. So, yeah, hats off to him. It's an incredible, incredible job that he's done. And yeah, I mean, he's another one though. I mean, how long will they be able to keep him if he keeps putting up these these sorts of numbers? Because I'm sure there's a lot of teams, owners, GMs who are looking at him thinking, if he can do that in that league, yeah, you know, I mean, with those resources relative to you know, yeah, some of the some of the resources that you know Thai clubs have, Indonesian clubs have, Malaysian clubs, or even bigger. I'm sure there's not a lack of interested parties. Suitors, with, the with... suitors must be there, so you know, Sarah's got to keep the yeah. The wolves at bay because I'm sure that they they'll be chomping at the bit to try and get hold of a top top quality coach who's been you know he's, he's certainly set the level um, at a really really high bar for for club football in the Philippines. So 100%. hats off to him, brilliant job. Best of luck again, Sarah's pushing, the, you know the 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 limit for for Philippine football right now. They're pushing the where everybody needs to reach right now. The standard is there. So best of luck to them in FC to, against FC Tokyo. Wow. I can't wait to travel to Tokyo for football, man. That should be good, right? That should be a lot of fun. Brilliant. Good luck to them. If you guys enjoyed this episode and you enjoy the football content that we provide here on Across the Line, please do subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, and on Apple Podcasts.